Hello, hello, OdaFest podcast listeners. This is Season 9, Episode 17 of the OdaFest podcast. And with me today are Nancy and Jay. It's I. It's E. And he. <laughs> it them. OdaFest sketch drive applications are now open. Are you an artist that is creative and passionate about sketching? Looking to give back to the community while looking to improve your skills? Come be a part of this beloved activity at our festival. Applications close February 25th, 2024. So get your application in today. Apply at odafest.com slash sketchdrive. And panel applications are open too. The best way to embrace your passion is to share it. Most of OdaFest programming is provided by community members like you who have creative ideas to present to their peers. Presentations, workshops, tutorials, game shows, forums, or anything else, head to odafest.com slash panelists for all the deets. And join us for an unforgettable musical experience at Knox United Church on Thursday, February 15th. OdaFest presents Alberta Winds Live, Howl's Moving Orchestra, a tribute to Joe Hisaishi. Doors open at 6.45, concert from 7.30 till 8.45 p.m. For more information and tickets, visit howlsmovingorchestra.eventbrite.ca. Yay! I'm so excited. Everything is happening. The it's things are so happening! Soon. There's always this little hump that happens after we hit New Year's, and then it's like, okay, all the things. All the things are happening now. Mm -hmm. For real. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's almost like it's right around the corner. I know. Uh, Where's our requisite uh, cosplayer uh, heads up slash timer countdown? Cosplayers, the time is indeterminate, but you (laughs) must act. Soon. It may feel like there are months. Wake the heck up. Months will turn into days. Wake up. Come out of your winter hibernation as much as you don't want to because that cold snap was something else. Good lord, that cold snap was insane. Minus uh, 50 with wind chill overnight? That was insanity. There were some coldness records broken. Indeed. The best part Indeed, was there that were... we weren't even the coldest place on earth. Like there were... I... It was colder in Saskatchewan than it was here. I know. And it was yeah. so bad that the Alberta grid had to send out alerts like, hey, could you guys like turn off any non-essentials? Because we're going to hit capacity here. Yeah. I'm glad they did that. And I'm glad it worked. Yeah. Because same. the last thing we want to happen is what happened to Texas a couple years back. Yeah. The rolling blackouts that caused bursting pipes everywhere. The difference is that our infrastructure system is actually stronger than theirs. Like... It wasn't the difference is that we experience negative thirty regularly, literally every year. Yeah. Regularly. There's no excuse. No, mm. but uh, well, going down all the way to minus fifty with wind chill was something else. Yes, it windy. Good God, yes. It was so cold, so cold. In fact, it was so cold. In fact, that we lost a very tiny, tiny life thanks to a very short walk. So. Last weekend, Dio gave me one of her little baby basil plants. It was it was about five inches tall. It had a bright life ahead of it of me eating it. Oh. It had so much to look forward to. But between walking from the car, less than 20 seconds outside of the front door, well, by the next morning, it was wilted. It was gone. Those those little ice crystals hit it. 
so quickly. They hit it immediately. Oh. And in, uh, in all fairness, well, I'm disappointed. In all fairness, grass types are weak to ice moves. <laughs> it's true. It's true. They're super effective, actually. So, dang it, Jay! Every and, time. And with the wind chill factor, wind being the operative word, grass is also weak against flying types. <laughs> oh my gosh! You annihilated it with four times damage. Fucking Ugh. Articuno against my fucking little basil. Your delicious, precious little basil. Legendary plant. bird against a potted plant. When uh, you told me it was five inches high, I was like, "Okay, five inches. That's a pretty good, like, little sprout. Like, I, I almost wouldn't consider a, it a sprout anymore. Like, it's probably growing. It's gonna grow into a little, a little tiny bush pretty quickly." But man, that's so sad. I'm so sorry for your loss. Right before it, it you is let, unfortunate. Bef- right before it hit evolution to the second stage, it was still uh, a it's baby. It's true. Let it get slapped. It's true. <laughs> I I lost the nuzlocke on that one. It's, it's okay. That is very sad. Um, right before the cold snap fully hit, I thought to myself, I should cook a bunch of stews and soups so that my next few dinners are just microwave ready and I don't have to cook because cooking introduces steam in the house and humidity in the house is a really bad thing when it's that cold. Uh, You're a lot more susceptible to getting attic rain, your your windows are gonna frost up and then you're gonna get lots of really bad damage there. Like it's it's actually something I don't think most people remember to, to deal with when it suddenly dips that cold. So uh, what I did was I made uh, using my trusty Dutch oven, I made a beef stew to end all beef stews. It was amazing, and it had like half a bottle of red wine in it. Oh my god. You it made was, the boeuf bourguignon. It was so good. The only thing that was missing that would have made it a bourguignon probably would have been the little pearl onions. Because you need little, like, tiny pearl onions. Pearl onions are great, but I think you can call it a bourguignon. Oh, you gotta get the them. pearl onions. I love pearl onions. I, I could. I had more than enough onion in there. But yeah, like the pearl onions are apparently like a requirement. You can't call it a beef bourguignon without it. So it's like, eh, whatever. Uh, I made the best stew. I was so proud of it. And and it was just so, so delicious. And what made the biggest difference? Two giant fat bay leaves. Oh, fair. Like really big fat bay leaves went into My it. My God, you were so also good. attacking the Pokemon. Yeah. I, I was. Bay leaf is weak it, against heat. You ate the second yeah. tier starter. God damn. It was delicious. And I also made French onion soup. So between those two, I was like set. Between, uh, yes, and and a sourdough. And I made a sourdough like right before nice. the cold snap fully fully hit. So I was good. Man, thinking about Bayleaf and Pokemon right now, it just has me thinking how uh, Gen 2 was probably the last time Pokemon had a lineup of starters where I liked oh every God. single one. <laughs> You're not wrong. I don't think I've seen a whole lot of Pokemon lineups, like starter lineups, that I've been terribly excited about in a long time. Like, you, can, there's always at least one that's really cool. Or cute, just like mega cute. Like fucking uh, Sprigatito. Hell yeah, yes. Yeah, I remember that one. That one was pretty cute. And then I hadn't seen yeah. anything else since. And uh, beyond that, it's like, 
well, I don't care about these other two, but this one. But yes, I I feel like Gen 2, uh, every single one was fantastic. Yeah, I like, mm, man, if we did a whole starters ranking list. Oh, man. God, I could Just... not. We, that could be an entire podcast in and of itself. Absolutely. Yeah, and it would it would get an incredible amount of discussion going because I'm sure someone out there disagrees with everything anybody says. The, yeah, on the same note, though, I, th- I might have said it before in podcast. One of the things I like about Pokemon is that no matter much how much of like how you think of another Pokemon, where like you think it's maybe boring or ugly or like just not like like you 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 barely remember its existence. Somebody else loves that Pokemon. I think Absolutely. it's really cute. I really appreciate Absolutely. that. I mean, there's so many Pokemon at this point. I'm sure one of them is unloved. Whatever happened I'm to that? I'm pretty sure there's one Pokemon that has universally just been like, but why? <laughs> I don't know, but... Who likes Voltorb? Who is the Voltorb stan out there? Oh, I know You just reminded me of that uh, Pokemon generator that that we had a little while ago like years ago by this point but we had like a little website where you could click on it to just randomly generate pokemon oh the pokemon fusion generator that thing it was such a strange one i don't think i ever got a good looking one out of it there's a whole game about that now there's someone yeah there's pokemon infinite fusions yeah they made like it's not a rom hack it is i think by definition it's its own game like they like they compiled the game not just like injected code not only that, they have so many custom sprites for yes. the uh, the fusions. It's pretty crazy that it is insane. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Infinite Fusions is is just ridiculous. On the topic, it of, is amazing. On the topic of like Pokemon and games, like I did play Scarlet and Violet specifically. I played Violet. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was fun, but I, I, I. I after my most recent trip to Japan, I I fully believe I ha- I have aged out of Pokemon now, which is okay. I'm just it's fine. I, I it's I, acceptable. I, yeah, I just when I went to the store, I wasn't even half as excited as I was the first time I went to that store. Uh, you know, seeing all the cool fixtures or the merch or anything, I was just like, I was vibing. It was still cool, but. I have no real interest in it now. It's it is merely a nostalgic memory of better times. The last and I mean the very last Pokemon game, like main Pokemon game that wasn't a little po- mobile game that I played was Pokemon X. And uh it was really fun. It was absolutely great. And it gave me everything that I wanted out of it in that I was just like, you know, I'm satisfied now. I don't have to play Pokemon again. Yeah. That's a really good spot to end off on, honestly. Yeah. That's nice. It doesn't feel like you uh, aged out of it in like a negative way. You know what I mean? I almost did. Ooh. I almost did. I played Pokemon White and uh, that game infuriated me. 
so much. That game, yeah, I, I I felt like it didn't respect my time in a ridiculous way, and I can I know exactly what point in the game I said this game is bullshit and I stopped playing. <laughs> I so played the, I played White actually. Okay, it was on the DS, right? Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. So I played White. I I got to the exact same spot you did, and then I put it down and I never played it again. So. The electric gym, the electric gym in Pokemon White, the area before the electric gym is like a desert area, right? And there's a lot of ground type Pokemon there. And every NPC going up to the to the electric gym is like, oh, there's an electric gym up ahead. Ha ha. Well, good thing you're in the desert. You can get some ground Pokemon because they're strong against electric Pokemon. And I mean, if that were true, that would have been fantastic game design. It was a fucking bait. Ugh. It was an absolute fucking bait. You get to the gym. You get to the gym, and and the cute gym lady is like, "Go, my flying rats." <laughs> I remember that. And then and I just I, and I'm just like, "Okay, great. I'll send out my fucking uh uh spooky crocodile man. He's my ground dark Pokemon. He's mm-hmm. super cool. Mm-hmm. He's probably the coolest Pokemon I've I've gotten so far." And I throw it a, a ground attack. And it does nothing, and I'm like, wait, what? They're, they're her stupid electric rats are flying squirrel Pokemon. Yeah. They're flying electric, and they're completely immune to all ground-type moves. And because they have flying moves, those are super effective. So it's not even like the the, the ground is like a... a the t- ground typing means that you can at least tank the electric hits. No, because they just hit you with the flying hits, and it one-shots you anyway. And I had spent probably like two hours grinding that stupid little crocodile up to the point where it needed to be. And then I was, it was just like, had you done anything else? Had you done anything else? Then it wouldn't have been a problem. It would have been okay. Can I give you? And I just invested that time in my regular Pokemon. It wouldn't have been a problem. Can I give you the exact opposite of what happened? in violet sure what happened in violet so infamously scarlet and violet uh is a very buggy game at least from the very beginning and uh i may have told this story before but i i still laugh at it because i have i saved like clips of the pokemon battle that i'm about to describe anyway (laughs) okay um it being the first game in like a 3D, a fully 3D environment, right? Open world, uh, as much as open world as Pokemon really gets right now. Uh, you can, there's this buggy mechanic that basically you have your Pokemon in the Pokeball. In order to get into a battle with a wild Pokemon, you can do one of two things. You can either walk or bike straight into it uh, as a trainer physically or you can throw your you can lock on and throw your pokeball at them from distance however that distance is actually quite a great distance and after a certain distance um if your pokemon is too far but it has uh, it's too far from you as a trainer character but it has engaged in battle with the wild pokemon it will teleport the trainer closer to the uh, battle position. Oh, no. 
So, very simply, it's just a teleport bug. It's just a teleport glitch where you literally just 30 feet, just a 30 feet up in the air. There's a, like on the top of a cliff. There's a Pokemon up there. I'm going to whip my ball up there. And then I'm going to teleport 30 feet up there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <clears throat> So oh, no. early in the game, before it becomes fully open world, it's going to try and do a little guiding of you, right, to get you to the right place. And I decided, no, I am going to travel no. the world before I get back to the tutorial section. <laughs> and I did. I am not even joking. I spent 40 hours. I played the whole oh game. I just didn't. Amazing. Uh, I, di I just didn't, like fight trainer or i uh no i fought trainers i didn't fight um like gym leaders and, and stuff like i didn't fight like story-based trainers i just fought a lot of every trainer out in the wild all the wild pokemon that sometimes i came across blah 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 i literally went around the entire map and then i made it back because it's like it's kind of a circle i made it back to the tutorial battle against it's like the second battle you have against your rival <laughs> they've got a level like seven it was a, theirs was a sprigatito because i've i i chose a crocodile fire friend and fue coco. Fue coco, except it was no longer fue coco it was again giant crocodile <laughs> friend oh, no. who was level 60 something <laughs> oh my god and then she was like it's time for our battle I challenge you. Throws her out. Throws out Sprigatito. And again, I'm recording this battle. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm about to give you the smackdown of an entire generation. <laughs> the smackdown of 40 hours away. I will show you that I came. I came from generation red, blue, and yellow. <laughs> I oh have trained God. for all this time. And I whip out my giant fire crocodile. And then, you know, it's like, choose your move. And I'm like, flamethrower. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. You chose the fire starter. Yes. And your rival chose grass? Isn't that usually what happens? Your rival yeah. in the game chooses whichever one directly opposes yours. No, your your rival always no, no. chooses in the new which games, one is stronger yeah, new against games, you. New games, baby. Oh. What the hell? What? I know. And Fucking she's supposed kids. to, they it's funny, it good. it's sad because like in the lore of the games, she's actually, like Nimona, the rival, mm -hmm. is supposed to be a pretty good character. Like she's also not like a jerk or whatever, but she is supposed to be, she's, she's recognized as a strong trainer in that universe. Okay. okay. And she's actually okay. already ahead of you in a lot of respects. She actually just came back to choose a Pokemon because she wanted to raise a new Pokemon and essentially uh, help you grow as a trainer as well. Like she was like, hey, I want to. Uh, that's why that's why she comes back to you, not knowing that I am a jerk. <laughs> I that am. I am Gary in this situation. You're the motherfucker <laughs> who starts Skyrim and turns left. Yeah. Yeesh. <laughs> It was amazing. Oh, I still man. have that clip on my Switch. I want to see if I can download it to like my hard drive so I can keep it forever and just be like, 
turned her into ashes. That is, that did is that? the absolute kind of gaming thing you need to keep. Did that re- did that recording capture like any of the mic input? Like, did it record you and your like verbal reactions? No, because the switch needs Bluetooth mic. Yeah, I could have done it through maybe my phone, but I don't care that much. The, I, I've, <laughs> I've, I've kept the moment pure. I could technically, you know, overlay without a voiceover at any point once I have the file. But true. The but then you'd clip. have to reenact the pure feelings of the moment. I think I already have. I think someone could take the clips <laughs> from this podcast and be like, "Damn, he made like uh, uh, fucking." I can't remember the name of the little cabbage. Brussels sprouts. He made burnt Brussels oh. sprouts. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, that's what I felt nice. like. Nice. In that moment, I was truly nice. the Pokemon master. <laughs> now, I have quit the uh, the main Pokemon games, uh-huh. but there was one Pokemon game, I use that term loosely, launched back in November that I have been vibing with ever since. Oh. Pokemon Sleep. Mm, yep. See, that was just not what I expected would happen. They had Pokemon Go, and now it's Pokemon Stop, I guess? Pokemon yeah. Sleep. Pokemon Go the fuck to bed. <laughs> yes. And uh, not gonna lie, I've, I've been enjoying it. Tell it me more. Good. I am curious now. So, it is not exactly a game. It is a sleep tracking app. Mm-hmm. That is what it is. Every mm-hmm. night you have your phone on your bed and it will track how well you sleep. And depending on how you sleep, uh, Snorlax, the whole game is centered around Snorlax, mm-hmm. will attract different Pokemon to his uh, resting to area. To his sleeping vibes. Yes. So if you're a restless sleeper, maybe you'll get some more restless Pokemon. If you're a deep sleeper who turns into a fucking rock, you will get the lazy jerk Pokemon. It's great. It's fantastic. Huh. And then you how can. How does it? You how can, does it know? It uses the accelerometer in your phone. Oh, okay. So you yeah. have to like actually put it under your pillow or something. Uh, I wouldn't recommend putting it under your pillow. Your phone will get very hot. You can put yeah, it. You can put it anywhere around you. It actively uses your like. I I use it as well. So it actively uses your mic. It's sleep monitoring through like, I guess a estimation like an estimation of your breathing a lot um because it's it takes like it actually takes recordings you can listen to your own recordings about whether you're snoring or whether you're like deep breathing capture those sleep paralysis demons on tape Mm -hmm. oh yeah but what about if you talk in your sleep could you imagine the weird stuff you'll get that oh my god that's so funny but, I have known uh, many people to talk in their sleep. Raise your I am Pokemon one of them. To help Snorlax become a fat fuck mm-hmm. and attract more Pokemon. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's, it's true because, so, um, Snorlax, you basically do two things with Snorlax. You either feed it, mm. not surprising, mm-hmm. or mm. it will sleep. And during the feeding phase, like it, you're just giving it more po- like more points. You're collecting berries for it and yep. cooking it meals. Yep. And then 
The sleeping part also uh, can boost it, but you'll only get points after you finish a successful sleep of at least 90 minutes. And then it'll like give it points to grow. At first on your screen, it starts technically undersized, like relative to the other Pokemon, I think that are around it. I think it's like it's a tiny little Snorlax. It's a it's a it's a pretty baby Snorlax, even though a baby Snorlax is still like, I don't know, seven Pikachus or something. By the time you get it to a master level Snorlax, which you can basically do throughout the week uh, with enough points, it is legitimately like six times bigger than it was. And it takes up like maybe a third of the screen at that point. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, oh, sure. That's right. It's Saturday. You should have big boys uh, uh, Snorlax by this point. My Snorlax is a fat fuck, and I love him. So wait, does that mean he changes size according? Like he goes down in size as well? He doesn't go down in size. Oh, okay. But every week you get a new Snorlax. Oh, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. Yes. You reset okay. your sleep progress for the week. It's all monitored for. A weekly thing and then um there's like islands which is basically what kind of where you can find different pokemon i yeah you can feed a snorlax in a rock cave or a frosty tundra or a nice nice little uh beach so something that angelo knows about me is i'm a bit of an obsessive gamer i'm gonna go back quickly back to uh me talking about my uh fiery friend in pokemon scarlet because quickly i will tell you one of the things I really like doing in the Pokemon games as well is if it's absolutely not necessary to do so, for example, if you need to get into a double or a triple battle, if it's a, just a regular single battle in any given like fight, whether like I'm fighting the water gym, for example, I will only use my starter Pokemon. So I went oh, around really? the, entire four, the entire 40 hours or whatever it was just training for that moment to annihilate my rival. Well, that explains why Fuikoko was goddamn level 69. Goddamn. Something like that. So in the same way as the way I play Kami, um, <laughs> I only have been on the first aisle. <laughs> I have never left that aisle <laughs> since we started Oh, my the game. God. You must have like a 200% bonus for that island or something. It's pretty high up there. I don't even know where it maxes It's pretty high up there. But yeah, like you can choose other um, islands, but basically the more time you spend on an island, the more you essentially like master that island and and you get bigger food bonuses, bigger sleep bonuses, um, all percentage based. So I get a pretty big chunk by the end of the week. I am the opposite type of gamer. You've been everywhere. I'm definitely not like trying to optimize anything. It's more like they've given me an entire game and I'm going to look at the entire goddamn game. Nah. So I just bounce around everywhere. Also, all of my sleepy pokey boys and girls and indeterminate gender friends are all shinies. Oh, nice. Yeah. Every single one of them? All yeah. the shiny Pokemon I found suck. Oh. I have a Magnezone. I have a Slacking. I have a Raichu. I have a Golem. I have Gengar. They're all shiny. I can God sh- damn. Yeah. I have 
a shiny roster of about, I don't know, 12, 16 Pokemon. I have three. Three? I have so, a Diglett, I have a, a Krogunk, and a uh, Wobbuffet. Diglett. I have a shiny Butterfree. The Diglett has a little blue nose. The Krogunk is teal. And the Wobbuffet looks like a large pink thing that I can't mention on the podcast. I see. I see. Interesting. <laughs> I had no idea Pokemon Sleep was a thing, and now I know way too much about it. It's really fun, actually, because it's just, it's such a, it's like a very low-level <laughs> Tamagotchi game. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> yes. Ah, Wobbuffet is a Pokemon that exists. I always forget about that one. Oh. Oh, oh. my. That is a, That is a golden Arbok. Yeah. It's it is... It is something that exists, and it is the only game that I'm actively playing. It's true. I actually try to pay attention to it. I usually miss... I usually miss the lunchtime um, feed... Because, like, you know, that's just kind of one of the busier parts of my day. And it's one of the shorter window windows for feeding. But uh, it's been Actually, a good time. Speaking of, since you have a very differing sleep schedule depending on your work, <laughs> how does it react to that? It doesn't. It doesn't care about it at all. Actually, oh. as far as that goes, there's one mechanic that you're missing out on. And that's the bedtime mechanic. No, you oh. can set that. You can set that. But you can't change it every night. You can't change it every night, but I change it to a, a general schedule. And I will not say it that I am not above cheating that time. <laughs> I'll just be like, <laughs> it's time for my phone to go to bed. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jay. I've done that once or twice. Yeah, you oh. got it. Cheating the sleep app. <laughs> yeah. Man. Because I'm an addict to the sleep app because I need my Pokemon points. That feeling when sleeping has a goddamn battle pass. When How sleep has they? a cheat and you need to, to do the cheat. The other thing is everything is free. Oh, that's good. Not everything. Oh. It's everything. There's no there's not any one thing that you can you can't do without like like there are paid things, but that's just so the you can store buy them to, get, to get to the uh, to the seeds, the skill seeds. I There's the main seeds. skill seeds and the sub skill seeds. You cannot get them any way other than buying the battle pass to unlock that store, or they've given like two away in events so far. No, what the other thing you can do is you can buy them in those bundles, those big bundles, using regular points, it just takes a hell of a long time to build those points. Oh, I haven't noticed that. Yeah, if you go into Probably the general... Probably because I always use those points for, like, the, the ingredients. In-game currency. Yeah, you just go... You have to use slow in-game currency, but if you go to the actual store where they have, like, the gift box type stuff... I, I realize it didn't really show, but um, the gift box type stuff... They will sometimes have those uh, seeds. I Unlucky. don't buy them either because they're heinously expensive. <laughs> and and as, as gamers who grew up before the world of DLC and monthly battle passes, we yeah. refuse to pay for things. And my Asian heritage. Back when I was a child, 
after the 15% tax in Ontario, a Game Boy game was 45 bucks. Ew. Mm. That is smaller than some of the microtransactions in this sleep app. Yike. That's smaller than... That's... Like, wait, counting for uh, inflation and everything, too? No, not counting for inflation. Oh, okay. Just raw dollars. Man, but, if you just, like, counted for inflation, but, that'd be so sad. No, but, I mean, there, there's, there are DLC uh, or skins. Like, you can I, buy I, we always talk about We stuff. always talk about Valorant. God. Valorant skins? Yeah. Oh, my God. They're insane. Like, it's $25 or something for a knife for $28. Yeah, Yeesh. and then it's, like, $150 for the entire pack sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, know how much it is right now, but uh, Genshin is going to do its Chinese New Year event, the Lunar New Year event, and a whole bunch of characters are going to get paid skins, and I don't know how much they are, but oh, it's yeah. probably more than that. They'll give you, like, one free with the event, and then every one after that will be, like, $30. Can you not roll for them? No. No, not you skins, You can't no. roll for them with a regular, like, a, not a regular banner, but, like, some kind of free to so the play skins, event banner they're not they're not like other gacha where it's like a skinned version of the same character and you have to roll for it it is an actual skin that it's an you go change. on the character that you already have yeah it counts as an uh, outfit and it is just straight up it's paid yeah wow. which wardrobe honestly, items are just paid they're stupid expensive but i would still prefer that over rolling for an outfit i actually Fair. remember this I was playing that. There's the one mobile game, uh, Nikkei, Goddess of Victory, or as oh, I yeah. affectionately call it, Ass Gotcha. Ah, yes, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they had a casino event last year sometime. I can't remember when it was. I think it was somewhere around the summer. And uh, they did two things that pissed me off so much in their gotcha that I just gave up the game completely like it was not even that the the gotcha was unfriendly it was just what they were putting in the gotcha was so bad that i did not want to play the game anymore as like the game from now on is just going to be if you are not spending 70 to 100 dollars on the gotcha every two months you will not have a good time that that's Ooh. what it seemed like to me Wow. That's no. So they That's did two a whole things. Lot of no. They created a set of characters that were like SSR characters that were only useful if you rolled both of them. Like they there's the uh the the super skills that they have and there's this times cooldown on them. And so the characters that have a 20 second cooldown are really good. The characters that have like a 60 second cooldown, well, their skill better be broken as fuck to make that kind of cooldown worth it. Mm -hmm. So they had a couple of characters where their skills were 60 second skills. And they were very powerful. But if you had both of them, the skills reduced to a 20 second uh, cooldown. To the point where they were ridiculously powerful if you rolled both of these characters. That is so cheese. I hate it. That is so cheese, and I hate that. But on top of that, because the whole theme of the event was like casinos and bunny girls, they added a, a, a bunny girl skin for a character. Now, in this game, they've had skins before. They were, they were no strangers to skins for characters. 
and they routinely were charging like $30 Canadian for a skin in a oh fucking mobile game. Oh, wow. no. A phone game. Oh, that no. is insane. That is just ridiculous to me. I, I, I understand that phone games are like full games now. That this game is more intense than anything that I would have played on like the Game Boy or even on the, the DS or something. Mm-hmm. But $30 for an aesthetic DLC. No. no. But they made this worse. They made it more expensive for this skin. They made it that it was a gotcha for the skin using a premium currency only for that gotcha. And they they gave you like, oh, the first spin is free, haha. Except the way that it worked. Every roll you did had an increasing chance to get the skin. Like there was a pity system, right? Yeah. The first roll, the one that they gave you for free, had literally a 0% chance to get the skin. So there's no way. And then the way that the pity works, there wasn't a good chance to get the skin until you spent like 30 or $50 US. Holy. And you were guaranteed to get the skin around $75 US. Ah, uh, no. No, no, that no. Is Hard no. insane to me. In my day. Hard that is no. so greedy that I just, I was like, you know what? I'm done with this game. I mm-hmm. am, I will appreciate it for the art. Mm-hmm. In my day, Jay. I used to play a lot of Diablo 2. And Diablo 2 had an expansion called Lord of Destruction. I'm looking it up right now, but I have a feeling that the Lord of Destruction DLC, which uh, at that time, it wasn't called DLC, it was called an expansion. Yeah. <laughs> and we wore onion yarn on our belts because that was the style at the time. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to find what the price was, but I think it was $30. And for $30, you got so much more equipment, a whole new uh, uh, skill system, uh, not to mention an entire new act, uh, which is basically a whole new chapter of content in terms of story. like more story. And it was $30, and we liked it, goddammit. <laughs> and it wasn't riddled with bugs, and they weren't just going to uh, patch it up later? No. And it was... I probably spent 500 hours on that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like, new games just... They constantly... Constantly just keep increasing the price of DLCs and things like that to the point where it's just like, no, these are not microtransactions anymore. These are full-on transactions. These are macro-transactions. So here's a question. When do you consider the boundary of a microtransaction crossed into a macro? What dollar amount is that for you? For me, around $5. Okay. Jay? Are we talking? Okay, I want I want to know like what am, am am I expecting something for content, or are we just talking price? Just price. Price only. I would say a macro transaction is over twenty dollars because I expect to pay for a game at twenty dollars. Like there so are game, me, there are full on games at twenty dollar price points. So I figure my personal like litmus paper for this is: Can I eat for this amount of money? That's usually mine, too. $5 can get me something at a fast food place. It can get me something at a fast food place, 
Or if I put that against like three meals and say $15, I can go to the grocery store and $15, I can make three meals. Absolutely. Like it is just... Oh, that's that an is, interesting that way is of putting where it. it is for me. I think, and I, also, yeah, like, I, if you just consider like indie games on Steam, you can get an indie game and some really good ones for like five bucks. Can I? Yes. Can I make a quick argument though that the oh, cost absolutely. of food is not similar everywhere you would go, but the cost true. of the DLC is. That's true. Although DLC is often regionally uh, defined, like by currency, I guess. It's not always like this was ten dollars uh, USD. Therefore, the Canadian price will be like the equivalent of that translated to CAD. It would be something regionally fair, I assume. But even in Canada, the cost of a, a single meal is probably different in a different part of Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. Let's. Okay. Let's. Then let's take. Let's take the, the, the global economic scale out of it. I still say my, my first inclination, to be honest, wasn't $20. My first inclination was actually $10 just because I'm like, it hits double digits. It's a, that's, that's a bigger transaction for me. And that's definitely food money. Whereas $5 is like snack money. $10 is definitely food money. Does that that's fair. I wonder if that I wonder if this personally factors in because I'm a small eater. A meal for me is not a meal for Jay. Well, like, I mean, I know this based same. on our last trip to Costco. Like I know how much each of us can eat in one sitting. Angelo ate more than I did. First, of I all. did. To be fair, Angelo didn't spend more than ten dollars that night either. I don't think but, any of uh, us spent more than ten dollars. <laughs> it's that's no. hard to do at the. At the Costco <laughs> So I mean, $5 will get you a small meal. It would be a small meal, but you can eat. You can, It is more than like two bites. Yeah. It's a lot at Costco. Like $5 will get me a lot at Costco. Costco economics. It's, it, it's, this, is like, this is like the new Big Mac um, economic <laughs> Yeah. Is it a Big Mac or is it more than a Big Mac? Yeah. yeah. Similar, except Big Macs are now no longer uh, like an $8. economical choice. What if we cut the difference and we tie the price of a micro to macro transaction with the Big Mac price? <laughs> That's again, Big, Mac, Big Mac is about eight dollars, is about eight or nine dollars on its own. That as way, a it can index. Yeah. But either way, point remains: they're expensive games. Like mobile, yes. mobile transactions in fucking mobile games, they're insane sometimes. Well, they're the, also the pol- very predatory on people who have like less impulse control and you know more addictive personalities. And if you're you know a what? child who doesn't understand the like financial what impulse control is, and then your 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 parents' phone that you're playing on has a credit card save on it, for example. Oh God, it's disastrous. It has been. Dis- yeah. there's, there's many a story. Hundred percent. But thankfully, 100%. I haven't been playing any DLC uh, or anything relevant to microtransactions lately. That's the way to do it. Pokemon um, so I think has microtransactions, time. but I'm cheating the system anyways, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. So what I'm playing right now has a little bit of a backstory. Uh, about a month ago in a D&D campaign, um, 
we were in a room we weren't supposed to be in and there was a puzzle we weren't supposed to be able to solve oh because my it god got us something... the teleportation hex i you wish threw a pokeball at something that wasn't supposed to be there Heck yeah. well what it was what it was uh was it was a treasure hidden behind a fairly complicated puzzle and the fairly complicated puzzle didn't make sense to me until the DM redrew it in a way that made sense. Because originally the puzzle was just described to us. It wasn't like drawn out in a visual manner. But the second they drew it out, there was this this ancient memory in the back of my head that 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 suddenly ticked. It was like, oh, oh my god, I know what this is. It's Picross. It's a Picross puzzle. Oh. And if you've never played Picross, it's a lot of fun because uh, Picross was the thing that I played the most uh, during some pretty tumultuous times in my life. But it's a really fun arcade game and the uh, studio that makes it and holds the license for it has been making Picross games for like Nintendo platforms for forever. And it was just a Picross puzzle. So I was like, oh my god, I know what to do. I put all the numbers in an Excel spreadsheet. Sorry, it was a Google spreadsheet and uh, filled everything in and then I went through it like x delete x delete and I just I solved it and it spelled out a word and it unlocked this like this almost primal need to go find more of it because when I had when when it was like the DS era of Nintendo I played Picross I played Picross 3D I played the heck out of those games I finished them 100% Nice. Like I, I literally ran one. out of content. Hmm? <laughs> I've never played even one Picross. Not because I didn't it's want so to. It's so fun. I didn't know it was never introduced to me, so I never, never played. So, it, never found out about it. On the arcade, on the arcade machines for Picross, there's two-player mode where you can go and solve a really, really big puzzle with a friend. And it would just be like a race against time because you would be overlapping with each other. Uh, some of your exes might help the other player. Some of them sometimes don't really matter. And at the end of it, you kind of just like wrap up and it's a really cool image of something or it spells something out or something fun. But the introduced co-op aspect to it was a lot of fun for me. And then later on, it was like, oh, they have Picross for DS. I'm just going to play the heck out of this. And then I haven't played it since the DS era ended right so that's been a long time and and it just unlocked like this one puzzle that the dm deliberately made very difficult for us and we ended up solving and getting some really sweet treasure out of it you uh, saw it the just, puzzle and you were just neuron it, activation yeah yes that's exactly it so i went and i was like there's got to be new ones they have to have made new picross since the ds era and i look around <laughs> They haven't really made new Picross in a while, but there are other they? there are other nonogram style games. So on Steam during the winter sale, I was like, what what can I possibly have? So there's um, Voxelgram and like another one. Voxelgram is is basically Picross 3D because it gives you uh, a 3D cube for you to chip away at until it resembles a shape of something. And it's the same rules. So I was like, okay, I'll do this. So that was actually my comfort game while I was migrating the heck out of Sanity in December, which apparently happened to a lot of people because migraines were really, really bad in Calgary from all of the barometric yo-yoing that was happening. Mm, and it was, it was the only thing that I had been actively playing in the last little while. And I find myself getting the craving 
to go downstairs and just play like one quick puzzle like at lunch or something i haven't done it yet i haven't like turned into that person yeah i haven't turned into that person who needs to go take a quick break to go like do a puzzle or something in the middle of a work day without a hit of picross yeah but it has brutally unlocked some neurons in my brain and i i highly recommend the game to anyone who likes that kind of like mathematic deduction and then you get like an interesting little thing out of it at the end i don't know it's just i feel like dio would love it i feel like dio and i should play like the two-player version dio already plays genshin like it's a spreadsheet it oh yeah that's she calls it her spreadsheet game she's literally referenced it as such yes Meanwhile, if you're not into the mathematical uh, uh, problem solving, you can play Pokemon Scarlet and Violet the way I play it, with vengeance <laughs> and hate in my heart. Or mind. play Pokemon Cheesing Sleep the, heck out the of way it. I play it, unconscious. Yep. <laughs> unconscious unconscious game playing seems to be a very interesting industry we should it's get the into. Next, yeah, it's the next, uh, next big thing. we got to jump into that right now. You see... Some gamers, unskilled gamers, think they can just shuffle off sleep to play a game. Awakened gamers know that they can game in their sleep. I game the system and in my sleep. And if you think you can't, it's a skill issue. I'm going to nap until next week. Bye-bye. That sounds like a great idea. (laughs) Take care, everyone. This was a weird episode. Goodbye.